Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly, the podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it, dear listener? Thank you ever so much for tuning in as usual. My name is Chris, I am your host, and I'm happy to say this is the podcast that has also had a very active transfer window. Only in, though. More on that in a second. Let's get to our regulars, first of all. Uh, first, I am joined by Phil. How are you doing, Phil? Good summer? Uh, well, whatever. I'm tired. I'm, I thought there would be a gap in the football. That no. hasn't really been a gap in the football. So. No. We don't do we don't do breaks. It's, this is like wall to wall, twenty four seven football <laughs> on every channel. That's what we're doing from here on in. So yeah, we're going to have to get used to that. But uh, have you enjoyed at least some freedom in France? Have you managed to get out and about? Um, um, a little bit, a little bit. It was raining today, and that was a massive relief, frankly, because it's been it's been hot. Yes. Yeah. The sun's come out today here, so that's that's got to be a little bonus. But yeah, I know what you mean. It has been a little bit stifling, which uh, I also imagine uh, the uh, the good town of Brighton has been fairly lovely this time of year, has it, Jess? Um, possibly, but I live in London. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just referring to your town of love. That sounds um, a bit weird, doesn't it? <laughs> How's London been? <laughs> Um, London's been alright. I did spend one very, very nice weekend in Brighton. There um, you go. That counts. It is, of course, a microclimate, and it's always beautiful down there. But yeah, London hasn't been so great. I'm still waiting for summer to start. Yeah, I bet it's quite stifling on there. Do you have to tube to uh, to do work and whatnot every day, or are you free from that beast? I'm still working from home, thank God. Oh um, well. And long may it continue, to be honest. Yeah, the small mercies, the small mercies. Uh, well, good to have you both back, of course, after uh, <laughs> the shortest of summer breaks for the pod. Um, however, very, very happy to announce uh, we do have, um, to quote Arsene Wenger, it's like a new signing. But it's not really a new signing because he's been with us all the way along. Uh, delighted to say that Mr Rich Allen is back. Rich, how the devil are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just say... I'd sort of did the podcast equivalent of doing my ACL in so uh long break plenty of rehab um I've I'm sort of easing myself back in but raring to go fantastic well it's very good to have you back and um yeah we we kept in touch pretty much throughout didn't we and uh you're back better than ever firing on all fronts and uh, I'm sure there'll be a couple of references to uh, a couple of Ren players throughout these pods I'm sure we'll be able to crowbar a few in so <laughs> easily done easily done right well the gang is all back together so I guess we should probably talk a little bit of French football really because that's kind of what we're all here to do uh dear listener thank you for uh, sticking with us obviously throughout last season and indeed the Euros they weren't a lot of fun were they Let's move on. We will be doing a quick Olympic roundup, which also wasn't very fun. Uh, Phil's got a few things to say about that towards the end of the pod, so we haven't forgotten that. But it's Liga that we're going to focus on this pod because, uh, as we record this on the 4th of August, uh, we're, we're pretty much on the eve of the new season. It's kind of crazy to think that we were just wrapping up with an incredible Lille title win and... Uh, I would imagine Gibb is probably still rinsing the champagne out of his paws to this day. But uh, Lille were champions then. Um, technically, they are still champions, of course, but they will have to start defending their title 
uh, in literally days. The first game of the season is underway this Friday as Monaco host not. We'll go through the fixtures, of course, a bit, a little bit later on, but I want to really pick on the panellists and just see what their feelings and thoughts are ahead of the new season. And we're going to pick on a couple of clubs. So, uh, Rich, it'd be rude for me to not start with you, of course. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to start with Ren, though, so I apologise. <laughs> uh, maybe slightly predictably, but I'm going to start with, with PSG because there's been a lot of focus on their summer business, um, both, well, kind of in and out, I suppose, M- more on the on the ins than the outs. And uh, we saw them play in the, the Trophée des Champions last weekend uh, and they lost to Lille and uh, more on Lille in a minute. What's your, been your overall feelings on what PSG have done or are trying to do? The likes of Ramos, Vijnaldum coming in, some players coming back off loan, which actually look quite exciting. Donnarumma, of course, that's a debate all in itself. Where do you sort of see them in terms of returning to challenging to regain their championship next season? Um, well, I mean, dare I say that uh, I've been pretty, um, pretty um, sort of feel good about PSG's transfer window, and it's not often I'm saying that. Um, obviously, the focus is on um, their exploitation of the free transfer market. I mean, I don't know how free these players actually are because they're hardly going to be on a pittance of a salary. But um, you know, Ramos. Okay, he brings in experience. You'll probably get a couple of seasons out of him. Um, You know, PSG aren't going to turn down that. Uh, Vinaldum, I think, is going to be an excellent signing. He's still got plenty left in him. And then Donnarumma, obviously, is the big big free transfer that um, has sparked a lot of debate, um, mostly centred around Keylor Navas and... Uh, what that means for him, um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I feel for Navas because you know he's done absolutely nothing wrong for PSG. He's come in, he's been the goalkeeper that they needed, um, and has performed very well. But when you've got Donnarumma available on a, you know, it's quote unquote free because it, it really isn't. But when you've got him available um, for 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 nothing. You can't really turn it down, you know. After the summer that he had as well, it, it would be silly for PSG, I think, to to have that situation. And obviously, um, the very close links with uh, Raiola as well. It would be crazy for them to pass on that. So I can see exactly why they've done it. It's not great for Navas. Um, I don't know what's going to happen regarding. Um, who's the number one. Um, I pray to God that we're not in this situation of, you know, you play half, you play half. You know, I think certainly goalkeeper in Donnarumma's situation, the goalkeeper in Navas's situation wants certainty um, regarding their future. So there's questions to be done there, but all three, um, I think, represent a a net gain on the squad. And then, of course, the, the big one that they've splashed out on, Hakimi, you know, he is the right back that they have needed for, uh, I mean, I don't know how long. Forever. <laughs> um, it, it's felt like seasons have gone by that that's not really been addressed properly. It finally now has, um, you know, excellent player. So I think for, for PSG, don't read anything into the Trophy de Champion. That's, that's nothing. 
Um, I think, you know, that's that's a good summer of business so far. Um, obviously, there's still question marks over, you know, there's the Mbappe question that, that still lingers what's going to happen with him. Um, but in regard business that has actually been done and we can actually comment on, I think what they've done is is uh, is really really quite good for them. And yeah, as you say, the youngsters coming through, Xavi uh, Simons um, seems to be the player that has performed very well, um, uh, very well, sort of in the in the uh, during the summer. So he's one of those youngsters that I think will uh, will bit by bit be integrated into the first team. It'll be exciting to see if they can finally start to integrate their um, academy players rather than forgetting about them and then losing them to Germany. Or, or to Lille, yeah, depending on which way you look at it. <laughs> yeah, Xavi yeah, Simons is, is definitely one to keep an eye on. I was quite impressed with uh, Junior Obimbe in that Trevi de Champion. Again, like you say, it's a friendly, glorified friendly, but he looked pretty decent. He was on loan at Dijon last year. Be interesting to see how how he gets on, but um, yeah. As for the wages, uh, Sergio Ramos on the reported fifteen million a year, and uh, Donna Rimmer reported twelve million a year. So small fry, you know. It's what we all it's what we got pay, what we get paid per podcast listener. Honest. Anyway, uh, Jez, on to your good self. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about the champions um, and also the great pretenders. And um, I'm going to put Monaco in that bracket. So Lille and, and Monaco. Lille, first of all, champions. Would you say their biggest achievement this summer has been to keep together this squad at time of recording? We have to use that for a lot of these clubs we're going to mention that the uh, the appointment of the of the new coaching in Gorvenek, the, the the kind of change round of style that some people predict. I guess we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. Jose Font is sticking around at the grand old age of sixty seven. I think he is now. No, I'm joking, of course, but he's an old timer. And you know, second season for the likes of Jonathan David and and Benjamin Andre was good last season. Sven Botman is still there at the moment. Is that their their greatest strength? Is that they can just kind of repackage and go again under a new coach yeah i think as long as it um as long as there aren't big changes like you said so far you know only menon and simare have gone and um i think menon was a very important player for them last year and, and probably won them a, a few big points that, that ultimately won them the league but um you know i thought Jardim looked relatively impressive on mm. on on at the weekend for what it's worth um, Sumare finished the season very strongly, but despite sort of all English um, coverage of him, he hasn't always been the most regular player for Lille. So I think they can live without him. Um, so, yeah, I think certainly, especially as long as you've got that font Botman relationship there and, and you can still sort of rely on the, the strikers, you know, Yilmaz, okay, another year older, but coming off such a great season, I think Yaziki, if he stays fit, it's only going to get better. The same with David, who, who got better and better as the season went on. I think, yeah, that there's still that nucleus there, and I'm surprised that they haven't sort of been more decimated yet, um, but there's still three, four weeks to go. So I'm still slightly concerned for them, and I think if they can sort of, get to the end of the transfer window with the current squad intact, I think they'll, they'll breathe a big sigh of relief. And then I guess the, the big unknown is probably Gouvenek himself, who 
I think we we're all big fans of. He looked like he was sort of developing into um, a real quality coach, and then the the last couple of moves at Bordeaux, and then going back to Gangant and didn't work out brilliantly. So he's got a bit to prove, and I think there's probably a lot of Lille fans who are, are not particularly sold on on the idea of him replacing Galtier, but. Um, at the same time, I don't think I also don't think there's many Lille fans who are expecting, you know, a kind of serious tilt at, at defending the title or anything like that. Probably a, a decent run, maybe to to European competition and and hopefully a nice run and you know some juicy group stage ties in the Champions League is probably um, I don't know about the extent of their ambition, but. Um, you know, they, they've won the league. I think they're certainly speaking to, to Andrew about it, for example. I think he's sort of relative, not relatively easily pleased, but, um, you know, you're, you're, you're grateful for what you get. And then, um, as for so many French teams, there's the whole sort of turnover and it's all very cyclical. And last year was obviously the peak of the cycle. So I think they're willing to kind of have a couple of years of, of um, not mediocrity, but, somewhere in between giving themselves a chance to um to build up again look frankly for a team like Lille if they're winning one league title every 10 years I don't think you can complain really mm-hmm. so yeah I don't I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of pressure on Gouvenek as long as he still keeps them sort of within the top um top five top six of the table I don't think anyone's expecting another title push no, no, I completely agree with that one. One team that I am excited to to look at, though, I just want to stick with you with, is, is Monaco. They've added another player to their ranks today in, in the form of uh, of um, Myron Bardu, who, if you haven't seen him before, was at Azad Alkmaar, 20 years of age. There's a lot of development going, but this kid is he's electric. He's a really talented young player. Might just add the goals they need as sort of backup or competition for Voland and Benyedo, who is still there. Other, other couple of other impressive signings are some Ismail Jacobs from uh, from Cologne in Germany. Jean Lucas thinks a really tidy pickup from Leon in the last couple of days, which I know some Leon fans are not particularly impressed with. Who'd have thought? And uh, Alexander Nubel has um, potentially uh, may well push Benjamin Lecomte down the pecking order when he's fit. He's coming on loan from Bayern Munich. Am I? Am I being a bit fanciful when I say that Monaco could just end up pushing for this title this year and going one step further than last year? Because that squad mixed with all those young players and sure many, for example, is still there. I mean, it's got it's got a lot of plus sides, hasn't it? That young squad and Kovac proved last year he was a good coach. I think for me, again, assuming that the current squad stays together, I think they're probably favourites to either challenge PSG or come second, just because, again, it's sort of very settled from last year with some good additions. Um, we talked a lot about the fact that they were on on form the, the best team in the second half of the season. So, you know, if they can maintain that over the course of the whole season, they should they should be able to, to put together a challenge. I mean, I, I still think PSG should run away with it. Um, there were mitigating circumstances last year. A lot of them, as usual, sort of completely um, uh, self, not self-imposed. I can't think of the right phrase. Um, themselves on the foot. 
yeah but basically yeah a lot of the things that went Absolutely. wrong were entirely their fault yeah. but there was also the fact that it was a long season they did play deep into August so mm. I'm not going to shed any tears for them but I, you know last year was the year to kind of really put a challenge in and, and Lille did that brilliantly and Monaco very nearly did um, so I still think PSG should ultimately run away with it but I think Monaco should be the best of the rest and my, my, own, my main concern with them is still um, you know there's only so many penalties that Ben Yedder can score surely and, and again this <laughs> Sunday uh, not Sunday yesterday I thought they look good but again Ben Yedder I don't think looks particularly at the races and and I just I just feel like the goal scoring onus could fall more and more on Volland and and that's that's a lot of pressure for for one person I think so I still think possibly they need another reliable goal scorer there to to really help them out yeah, yeah. Just, um, to see how much game time Buddy gets. Go on, Phil. No, I was just um, checking the uh, odds earlier because why not? Um, <clears throat> and Betclick, which is a French betting firm, so possibly slightly better on the realism than uh, certain non-French betting firms, has PSG. At 1.18 for the oh, title. Pretty odds on, yeah. Oh, well, our second in 12. Hmm. Then you've got Monaco 16, Lille 18, and OM 20. Hmm. Okay. Everyone else is 75 bar and dead bar. And that, I think, shows a degree of last season being seen as an anomaly over yeah year. i also Very think there's a huge amount of optimism regarding leon but, yeah, yeah. I'd agree. but also om um, mm. potentially well, i mean 20 years bad odds but you know, it's, um, it, I think this is very much we have the big names and we are going to give them something not embarrassing. Well, don't don't spoil it because um, I want to. Uh, I'm probably going to annoy at least one, maybe two, maybe all three of you when I talk about OM. So keep that one in. Keep that one in your back pocket because that's coming. Uh, and there is one <laughs> other one other notable absentee from that list that I'll also uh, have a chat to you guys about in a second. So we'll come back to them. Um, but Phil, it would be unfair of me to not give you a little bit of time to talk kind of uh, the great pretenders or the middle middle end of clubs. Uh, we should talk Montpellier, first of all, because uh, Montpellier and Brest just swapped coaches because, you know, that's the thing at the end of the season with Desikarian going to Brest. And uh, the more interest, intriguing one is Delogio De coming in at, at Montpellier. I've seen a few people kind of just quietly suggest that Montpellier might surprise a few this season. Are you in that camp? I mean, Mamadou Sacco is the only notable incoming, really. But, you know, that strike force, Laborde, Delors still there. Mavadidi finished the season well. Well, I think if they keep them... Yeah, we're going to have to just keep saying that. Things are good. And so far, nobody... That big has uh, left. Mm. Now, we all know that Montpellier is a selling club for financial reasons, which is 
perfectly understandable that he gets that, and I think the fans here understand that too. But, you know, um, obviously with Hilton retiring and Daniel Congre going to Dijon, that does mean that the central defence um, needs to be rebuilt. Bolstered, yeah. Yeah. I guess so Sacco is the obvious one, but there's, there's another hole, thing. isn't there? Yeah. But that means two new guys, so it's a little bit awkward, but I think, yes, if they can keep the Laborde, Delort, Cervanier kind of apex going yeah. at the front, then that's, uh, that's going to be, hopefully, uh, very useful. And, you know, Sambia still really... Um, uh, uh, impressing in several levels. So surprised he's still there, I must admit. 24 years old. Looks exactly. prime. Well, th yeah. That's the thing. I, mm. This is why I don't watch the transfer news, is because <laughs> I'm terrified that all of the good players from Montpellier are going to be moved on. But I think they do have a chance if they can hold on to these guys. Yeah. And so then it's a question of when does the transfer window end? Is it the end of August? End of August 31st, yeah. So seriously, we've still got like three weeks to go. Everything could go out the window by then. Yeah. And that's what scares me. And you and you can also bet you can also bet that the um well, I would imagine anyway that there'll be a lot of clubs, particularly in England, you suspect, but a lot of clubs fishing around the end of the window for cut price deals. So, uh -huh. yeah, it is, um, it is, it is one to watch. The only other player they've brought in central, or central defence-wise, a guy called Dula, who I think is Brazilian. Yes. I've not heard anything about From him. So, I, so yeah. I think, I, I mean, I hope it goes well, but, um, the history of Montpellier buying from South America has not necessarily been great. No, no, I think a few clubs could say the same. South Africa, no, South well, America. We, could, yeah. we can all think of a couple. Yes. So you know, we brought Watch him in space. for less than my next flat will cost. So <laughs> maybe we need to be a little bit cautious about. You know, going big on that. Yeah, yeah we'll agreed. see. Agreed. Yeah, we we will indeed see. So, I think one thing to say about Montpellier, and I think it's what I'm most excited about for this season, is that generally, I think the football will hopefully be better and more exciting than than last season. When you look at some of the coaches that that mm -hmm. are that have come in and the the players that have come in, and also in in the case of um, Dalolio hopefully with Mon Mon Montpellier he's got slightly more to work with than Brest I think he did fantastically with Brest and I think that they had some really good players as usual unfortunately they had to, to sell some of them but with Montpellier there should be a little bit more of a, a structure and, and obviously foundations that are already there to, to play with and he's such a good footballing coach that you know not sure that he's going to pull up any trees this year, but I think it will be good to watch. And then hopefully they'll kick on and, and next year um, might even sort of be challenging for Europe. Mm. 
personally, uh, yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think there's uh, there's a, there's there's a few clubs this year that I'm, I'm like genuinely quite excited to see about what what might, we might see essentially, which kind of nicely parachutes me into to two clubs I want to put the focus on. Um, Rich, I'm afraid you're going to get the the short straw. Uh, with probably the most output and uh, Jez is going to get one that, that I'm also going to be mean on. But Rich, you get the the OM stick. So uh, here it comes. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with Marseille. Does that make me a bad person or not? I don't I don't know how to feel because like oh. I, I want to see them do well, you know, but it's Marseille. So which part of the clown car explodes first? I guess. <laughs> What's your thoughts? I'm 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 very much in the same boat as you. I'm I'm quite excited with what business they've they've done already. I mean, they've gone transfer crazy these last few weeks, um, and they've made some really interesting interesting signings. Hmm. You know, we look at uh, so they got Belardi. He um, got him permanent after his loan last season. Um, I, I know nothing about, you know, the, the players that they have signed for, for actual money, as in this Gerson from Flamengo. He's good. I've heard, I've heard that there is some relative hype for De La Fuente that they've brought in from, yeah. uh, from Barcelona. Remains to be seen, but, you know, it's, it's potentially adds a bit of, a bit of something new, a bit of something fresh. Um, Especially going forward, it felt as though, um, you know, they can sort of draw that line now under the, the sort of Tovan era. You know, he's he's gone now. Remains to be seen what Payet we get to see. Um, I mean, it's 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 who knows with him. But the side of the uh, transfers, sorry, that Marseille have done, they intrigue me. And then obviously there's the two loan signings from um, Arsenal. Um, yeah. You know, Saliba, obviously, we all know, great player, for some reason not appreciated in North London. Gwendouzi, yeah, there's some that will point to his uh, his attitude, shall we say. But again, it felt like perhaps wasn't as appreciated, especially considering I thought he actually started his career at Arsenal very well. Yeah, um, And it then seemed to feel, feel, like, feel like just a couple of poor performances and everyone jumped on him um, and he was then never seemingly given given that chance again. So for them to come in as well, I, I'm quite excited to see what Marseille can do, especially then with, with Sampaio as well and in the, in the dugout. I mean, you know, if uh, he seems to, be, seems to be quite a fiery character himself. So I think there could be some exciting, uh, exciting football at the Velodrome. Uh, for the first time in what's felt like perhaps too long, you know, we yeah. we've perhaps been um, a little pessimistic with Marseille, mm. um, probably with due cause in some cases, but you know, to see a good Marseille performing is only a good thing for the league. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm I sort of take my hat off in terms of the signings and the moves that they have made. And I do only hope that it brings that entertaining football that that velodrome crowd desperately want. Yeah. 
that that's the thing. I think you make a really good point there. It's whatever you think of Marseille or indeed some of their fans or, you know, their sort of history, whatever it is, a good Marseille, a competitive Marseille brings out the best in, in PSG, brings out the best in in the league and potentially the viewing figures to go along with it because they are one of the famous names. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, um, I'm very intrigued to see what like Sugunduzi and Saliba do for obvious reasons, but you mentioned there, De La Fuente is one to keep an eye on. And I think over all of them, just seeing what Sam Pauli can do, I think is, uh, mm. is kind of interesting because I do think he's a very, very good coach, if a little bit, um, how do I put this delicately, fiery? I'm going to go with that. But uh, yeah, he, he's a very good coach with, with a lot of upsides. And I think if nothing else, you're going to see a fair old amount of uh, three, th- three threes or three twos or four threes. That kind of, I think there'll be quite a bit of entertainment at the velodrome. So that'll be very interesting. Um, the other slightly interesting stick that I'm going to throw out there, and this one's for you, Jez. Talk to me about your thoughts on uh, Ojesi Nice, because... They're another one that I think are going under the radar a touch, not just because of the financial clout that they've got, but I was looking at their squad last night and there's a lot of talent in that squad. I mean, even with Saliba being missing now, they, they've got Todibo in on a permanent. Melvin Bard has come in from, from OL on a, on a permanent deal. They've got Lamina in who didn't tear it up at Southampton, but we know he has capabilities to play in, in Liga. Rosario's come in from PSV Eindhoven, who won't be known to many, but is, is very decent. And the two that really stand out are the two wingers, Justin Cliver on loan from Roma, and and in particular for me, Calvin Stengs, who did very well at Azad Alkmaar in the Dutch League last season. Put all that together and uh, potentially inform Casper Dolberg from the Euros, playing alongside Amin Guiri. There's, there's a lot there to like, I think. And whether you agree with how they're put together money monetarily... Am I being a little bit optimistic and think they might challenge for the, the top four, maybe even higher next season? Um, maybe slightly optimistic. I, I, I definitely think they'll, I mean, yeah, challenge maybe for third or fourth. I don't think they're, they're serious title contenders yet. But again, it sort of feels like the beginning, I want to say the beginning of a cycle, even though the last two years have felt like the beginning of the same cycle, but there's been kind of um, full starts with with Vieira and, and um, sort of, well, two years ago, the fact that the, the new owners only, only came in very late and then then Vieira not doing as well as, as people expected. But obviously we, we know, of course, about um, Gautier's calibre as a coach. And as you said, I think they've had a very good transfer window so far as well so um there's you know the players that you've mentioned there's a lot of sort of exciting players who maybe haven't or are yet to really fulfill their potential some just because they're simply young some like Cliver I think he's another one of those even though it turned out to be completely wrong about Marcus Turam I wonder if how much of it is is in Clivet's case as well, is actually more about his who his dad is than than mm. than who he is. But certainly, there's a lot of exciting um, players who've come in, um, and it. I think, you know, even, even though the last couple of years they were bringing in decent players, I still thought Vieira is a little bit of a, a, a new coach. You don't know exactly what you're going to get, so you're putting a. Um, a relatively novice coaching with these players so you need everything to click you just feel that now with with 
another year's building on the squad and bringing in a, a properly experienced and quality coach, maybe this is the year that, that things will click for them. But um, yeah, I think it's it's sort of a work in progress. So when I say it will click, I think it will sort of be the start of a click, same as Montpellier, but sort of at a higher level. I don't think they're going to sort of be be winning anything this year, but I think it's it's going to be the start of a process that, frankly, if if the owners are interested enough to to keep investing in, really could could end with them becoming sort of consistently, you know, challenging for the top three year in year out. Yeah, yeah. Just to, just to mention, they were after I mentioned the top five of the uh, bookies odds. Nisa next. Okay, that was they were the one I picked out I, until uh, I was seventy-five. So it's long, but mm. they are they are the next up. So they're in that bracket, I guess. Given, um, given what's coming in. They've done a lot of business. Yeah, I don't know what you want a to lot read of into. That it. is lone people coming back in and out and whatever, but Still there seems out. to be some form of a plan, which is yeah, nice. It's always a bonus. Yeah, what they've had a, they've had a really poor preseason though. They have, yeah. That's and I know you can't always read into it, but I'm a great believer in momentum. So, says the guy who supports a team that's lost most of their preseason games. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. And I wonder if some of it's down to new coach, new ideas, new philosophy, etc. I didn't even mention Galtier in my suggestions there. So, um, one to watch, I think it's probably fair to say, um, at least for the first few weeks until they inevitably prove me wrong and drift into mid-table. Anyway... Speaking of which, um, the only other sort of club I wanted to put a, a fairly, not heavy focus, but a little bit of discussion on, um, I might get all of your views on this one, but I'll start with Phil. Uh, Bordeaux, Phil, um, I'm not 100% sure where we start. I guess probably the takeover, the, 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 the Lopez era is underway. Um, they've changed the crest back to their traditional crest. Not that that really means much, but there's a seems to be a push for them to get back to the ways they once were. I think that might be a bit of a stretch. Um, what's your thoughts, if any, on on Bordeaux? Are they? Is it just another false dawn? Because I don't think people quite realise how close they were to being nothing over the summer. But they've come back from that and, and they're looking to go again. Not a huge amount of business just yet, but a few couple, a couple of incomings. Well, as you Petrovich, say... The big, the big issue, the manager, that's the big one. No actual money moves, no. as far as I can see. So they may have sorted out their uh, home financials, but has that actually had an impact on the team and it doesn't look like that's really happened so I'd say this is a this will be another very interesting season if you if you have a neutral I'm sure the Bordeaux fans are still going to be having kittens throughout the whole thing because there doesn't appear to be much building going on on the uh, squad side of things and 
that's basically what they needed to happen. So are they in the next three weeks going to suddenly start making, you know, sensible uh, and and canny decisions? Not sure. Don't have a vast amount of uh, confidence on that. Well, they fully know yet either, to be fair. It seems yeah, a bit. I mean, Petkovic coming in, interesting, but you need to you need to build on that squad. Yeah, you need to bring bring people in, and they've got so many people out of contract who are just going and. Not many people coming in who aren't below knees coming back. It's just not convincing at the moment. Maybe in two weeks we can say, oh, they've done something. But at the moment, nah. No, no, I I agree. Um, Rich, on Bordeaux, my kind of look at them at the moment is that if I was playing a, a popular online video game that centres around football, they'd be primed for career mode, you know, club where you want to clear out basically everybody. You've got a financial takeover and you've got the name of the club's history and you can rebuild them into something fantastic. This is the real world, so that's probably a bit far-fetched. But what's what have you made of what's gone on at Bordeaux? Because like I say, people who don't really follow French football probably won't have known half what's gone on there but you know they were that close to the brink weren't they I mean this this could have been one of the big stories of a club going essentially out of business mm. they were that close weren't they I mean they're still not out of the woods no know. that's fair point actually yeah. um, I'm fairly certain Lille fans can attest that Gerard Lopez coming in is not the um, sort of money angel that uh, certainly Bordeaux fans would have hoped for. Mm. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how much money is actually going to become available. Um, probably more interested actually where that money actually comes from, because um, I'm sure there's some question marks over that, shall we say. I don't quite know how Gerard Lopez seems to continue um sort of being allowed to, to sort of invest in these ventures without sort of serious question marks being uh, asked of him. But so, so that's, that's obviously not for, for me to ask. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bordeaux, you can't, there's nothing to get excited about. There's a relief that they haven't completely gone out of business yet. Um, but it's just not a, it's not a good situation. There's not a lot in that squad to uh, to sort of get you excited. I don't see that changing, certainly the rest of the transfer window. Um, you know, fans don't seem to care. Um, you know, stadium that's just literally seems to be turning into a white elephant. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say about Bordeaux. <laughs> they've, been, they've been such a... Just, if I can sum up in a noise, just a, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just such a, a deflating team, you know, for for what they were mm. and what they were not that long ago. Let's, yeah. let's be fair. Exactly. And, you know, the name and the players that they have had over the years, 
it's just been left to sort of just slowly rot. Mm. Um, if this is rock bottom, um, you know, I think Bordeaux fans can't picture how it can get much worse. Um, but if this is rock bottom, let's hope that, um, you know, Lopez can can sort of guide them to something a little bit more positive, or well, certainly in that, uh, that direction, um, and doesn't leave them a financial mess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... There's nothing. I stand by it. There's nothing really to get excited about, Bordeaux. No, no. I think that's that's a, a good sum up, really. Um, let's give you somebody fresh, just because uh, I, w- I want to kind of, in the interest of time, want to batch together a few a few clubs here. So I want to kind of sit around the the mid mid table area. Um, obviously, it'd be unfair of me to not give you some time on on Mets. And don't worry, Rich. I haven't forgotten Ren. Um, so you can have them, Jez. But also. I want you just to, to chuck in a couple of other clubs for me, uh, and those being the following um, Nantes, St Etienne, and one that really intrigues me, and that's Strasbourg, um, and the return of, of one Kevin Gamero, which uh, kind of fills me with dread because I just know he's going to bag a hat trick at, at Lorient, of course. But um, you just got to love Kevin Gamero's return to France, and, and you know, that, that setup at Strasbourg looks kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, I want to ask you about those. And there is one other big club that um, we are going to come back to, but I want to focus on those first of all. Any of your, any of any sort of thoughts on, on your club, Mets in particular, of course, but any thoughts on the other three as well? Um, Mets, I'm, I'm reasonably happy with how things have gone so far. But again, it all depends on who stays or goes. Um, you know, that Sentence and Boulaya are still there. They're still the ones that are most likely to leave. They've both kind of, already been sort of replaced in that Alakush has come in for um in case Sansons goes and and Bassi has come in a little bit unproven but he's come in for for Bulaya. Um we've got a cut we've brought in Lenny Joseph from the lower leagues who's already been scoring in pre-season which is good. We've got uh Mikatauzo who had a really good season in Belgium on loan last year and and obviously we're hoping that that Nian finds the form that he had at the very start of last season before his injuries. So everything's reasonably settled. It's that Antonetti has had a proper pre-season for the first time in two or three years with them. So I'm sort of relatively hopeful that we'll at least match last year and, and ideally improve on it. Um, Strasbourg, obviously there, one, one of the big things is again, a, a new coach and, um, I think I said before that I, I felt that Strasbourg were kind of everything had gone a little bit stale under Lorraine. It was just time for a change. So um, that one, I think, is going to be really a really interesting one because obviously Stefan did so well, at least to start with at Rennes, and, and then it sort of went off a little bit. So I think, you know, off as we often see with, with coaches or you often want to see, is it just that, you know, the, the first place where they do well, is it just a kind of, good marriage of, of coach and club or is it genuinely a quality coach who'll do well wherever he goes so um it's going to be intriguing to see how he does there and as you said the sort of big romantic um return of, of Gamero to, to Strasbourg who you know he's, he's getting on now he's 34 but he is a quality goal scorer who I think um did a very good job in Spain um so I would expect him even if he's not going to be able to sort of play 
you know, 90 minutes week in, week out across the whole season, um, I think he'll he'll score some important goals for them. Apart from that, I'm not sure that they've brought that much in. I don't think there's too much to get excited about. But so yeah, there's a there's a lot of pressure for me on on Stefan off the pitch and, and Gamero on it. But um I think the two of them have got enough quality about them to kind of push the rest of the the the, the club through. Um who else was there? Uh St. Etienne Nolmt. Is uh, Strasbourg and and that so that the, they were the ones I've given you. So, all right. I think for Nantes, I think I'd probably make a similar noise to the one that, that, that Rich made about. <laughs> I thought you day. might. <laughs> I just again, I I know I sort of I feel like I repeat myself at, at the beginning of each season, but just I feel like Nantes at the moment are such a nothingy club, and it's just such a pity considering that they've traditionally, you know, the in a way, you know, even more so than. The Marseilles and, and more recently PSGs, in a way, Nantes are the kind of archetypal, proper French footballing club who always encourage great football and, and um, produce so many great young players. And, and again, I just I feel like there's there's not too much going on there. And I think Condoire probably surprised a lot of people by by keeping Nantes up last year. And after doing that, I suppose um, it's inevitable inevitable that he's going to sort of have to stay but I still don't think he's a you know any great shakes as a manager I still think he's more a sort of dogs of war when the you know when our backs are against the wall that's that's when I'm at my best kind of coach so I worry about them sort of starting with him you know level on points with everyone else at the beginning of the season and, and seeing how things go from there um yeah, that it'd be interesting to see how Cyprian does does sort of coming back on loan and um yeah I do think that the whole time that there's been some relatively decent players there and as long as Colin Mouani stays there who I'd be really I wouldn't be surprised if he does leave Mm, um, before the end of the, the transfer window but I think he's been he was really improved as the season went on I think he was We'll come to it later, but one of the very, very few um, positive notes to come out of the Olympics. Mm. Um, if he stays, then again, and similarly to Gamero, I think almost by himself, he'll be able to do enough at least to keep them up. But if he goes, I've, I really worry about them. You know, loser has gone as well is also an important yeah. player. Again, a bit like Ben Yedo, if nothing else, he gets you a few penalties each season. Um, <laughs> I... I think I have Nantes. I did earlier today. I did some kind of you know predicted table, and I think I did have Nantes to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I still think they might. Um, Saint Etienne. I th- I think second half of last season, I think they did okay, and I think Puel is blooding these young players gradually, and I think they'll sort of carry on in that vein. I still don't think they'll do anything particularly exciting. I still expect kind of mid-table. But again, I, I I feel like that's probably reasonable. I think that's kind of where they are in their cycle. And if it's if it gives these young players a chance to establish themselves that little bit more um, for, for another season or so... Um, you know, they're still gradually getting rid of their pretty old players within their squads. Um, you've got like even Moulin who's left this year. 
this this summer Debussy obviously I just I feel like it's there's still a big turnaround there and I think as we've spoken about before partly because of what's going on off the pitch with so many bosses and now Puel who's a kind of a director as well as a coach almost making things even more complicated there it's that whole thing about you know a, a turning circle of a of a sort of big battleship or ocean liner or something so I think when things change there they're going to change slowly but I still think that although it's not the most scintillating football I think with Puel at the helm I think he's a steady enough hand that he's going to be able to kind of see that transition through and so that maybe in another year or two's time they're going to have a um a really good nucleus of, of quality young players who can maybe push them on to, to better things. But I sort of, I'm not worried for them this year, but I'm certainly not expecting much from them either. Yeah, yeah, I think you summed up that pretty well. And um, yeah, sorry to throw you four clubs in one go. That was a bit bit mean of me. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give Rich two because I think it's, it's mean if I give him any more. Um, everyone was probably sat, sat here, Rich, thinking, no, hang on, they haven't talked about Leon. Yeah, I, I might have forgotten because we kind of threw them into the conversation earlier on but we have to give them a little bit of a spotlight so uh leon for you next and of course you can have a, a few minutes on on your beloved ren as well so leon to start with um new coach new ideas i'm kind of intrigued by this because i do like the coach i think peter bosch is there's, there's something about him i like uh can't quite put my finger on it maybe it's the style of play maybe it's the man management i don't know but i kind of like him but that squad for me, Leon's squad, um, much like Colin Wani, as Jez was saying, to me, a lot of this Leon squad has got Newcastle, Aston Villa, uh, Leeds, transfer deadline day, pick up a few players from us written all over it. There's just so many players, I think, that, that Leon could... Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Um, there's just too many players in that squad that I feel would be available for a fairly decent price um, if Michel Olas would be willing to um, roll over, which obviously he's not usually keen to do, but at the right price, he will sell. What's your thoughts on on Leon and, and of course, Dembele's returning, as well as their incomings? Do you foresee... A marriage made in heaven with Bosch or a bit of a hellish season to come? Um, somewhere in between, I think. I don't think it's going to be um, the sort of glistening improvement that Lyon fans would, would want um, after uh, the relationship with, with Garcia broke down, shall we say. Um, <laughs> put. Yeah, it, I don't know. I think there's there's so much riding on what have Olas and Janino, what are they plotting in terms of who's staying and who's going? You know, and I hope that, that Peter Bosch will, will at least have some knowledge of that and be able to, to react accordingly in good time. But when it feels like every single player in that Leon squad is available for negotiation, you know, as you rightly said at the beginning, you know, if there's a price, Olas will listen. You know, if there's a club interested, he'll he'll happily have negotiations. Whether Janino gets told, whether um, uh, Peter Bosch gets told, who knows? But Olas will do that, and I think so much now rides on him because I, you know, I don't know. You know, I haven't even heard of any rumours, really reliable rumours, of players coming in. No. You know, the only reliable rumours that I've heard of are for a goalkeeper. 
well, you know, everyone will have their opinion on Anthony Lopez, but it's perhaps not the most pressing position. No, I thought that was um, that that Leon need to uh, uh, Leon need to to fill. Um, if if the squad stays as it is, there are core players that simply have to perform. You know, you've got players like Kakara. We know how good he is in midfield. He needs to become a firm fixture in that midfield. Lucas Paqueta completely took me by surprise last season. Really impressed with him. He needs to continue that form. Bruno Guimaraes, they need to get the form back from him that they saw in the first six months of him joining. They need to work out what on earth is going on with Husamawa. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're going from, you know, he is this elite player to pile of dross. And it doesn't seem as that there's any middle, middle ground. Mm-hmm. They need to work out what's going on with him. Obviously, the loss of Memphis Depay is is huge for a number of reasons. Um, I'm pleased that it seems as though Moussa Dembele has been given another chance after he was sent out on loan last season. Um, and, you know, we, we, as we've said all along with this, you know, you can only read so much into pre-season form. But Moussa Dembele, you know, he's scoring. And there seems to be a little bit of a, a um, sort of relationship on the pitch with Awar. Mm. So if, if, if Peter Bosch can work on that and that's two players that he can get some, some form out of, as cliched as it is, they both would be like new signings compared to, you know, see Dembele not there last season and Awar, you know, figuratively not there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, in terms of, Kind like new signings is potentially also Ray Adelaide. Yeah, that's true. Well, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he was, you know, he said, "Yeah, I'm going to come back and give it a go at Leon rather than join the um, the sort of youth exodus from Leon to uh, straight to Nice." Um, you know, he if if he can get some form back as well. Obviously, he's coming off the back of. Um, a pretty nasty injury, but if he can if he can hit the form that we have we have seen before, um, then you know they're going to need it. You know, there's a lot of a lot of players who last season, for various reasons, just didn't perform. Um, that it's looking very very likely Leon are going to have to depend upon going into this season. So there's a real onus on on several players to uh, to sort of stand up and say, yeah, we're you know we're up for this, we're up for performing, we're up for playing, and we're up for um, you know sort of pushing Leon um, sort of onwards. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of excited about Leon in the sense that if you look at again, if you look at their preseason, five one two nil four one two two three two five three. That's Peter Bosch for you. Yeah, well, they weren't all wins. No, no, exactly. That's <laughs> Peter Bosch for you. Well, exactly. That's what I think. About. I know we, we sort of disagreed about this before. I'm still not convinced he's a particularly great manager, but I think he does encourage good football. So I don't think Lyon are going to do amazingly well this year, but I think they're going to be really fun to watch for the first time in a good couple of years. Mm. Um, and I also think... As, 
I mean, preseason has hinted at that, that the younger players will get more of a chance. So as Rich said, I really hope that Kakare is given um, basically the keys to the team. Yeah. Um, Cherky has been given chances in preseason and has played well. And a couple of the other younger ones as well. I know you, you've tipped one of them to, to do well, but the one yeah. that I like the look of, even though clearly the defence is, is an issue, is Malo Gusto at right back. Yes. I'm quite excited to see push on because, as we know, that's one of France's problem positions. Yeah, yeah, Brazilian Frenchman, uh, so to speak. He's dual nationality. Uh, sorry, Portuguese Frenchman, kind of dual nationality, or could have represented either or. So it'd be interesting who he chooses at eighteen. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you on on that one. And we might, if we get time, we may mention that list I put together because I'm intrigued by a couple of those on you guys' thoughts. Um, Rich, just before I head back to to Phil for a look at the bottom end, um, a little bit on Ren. Uh, obviously, lots changed. The, the one, speaking of that list I put together, the one that excites me is is Jeremy Doku. In terms of next season, I'm just intrigued to see whether he kicks on because he showed at the Euros there's there's some raw talent there. But there's, there's a little bit too, little bit more to run, isn't there, in terms of this this squad and how it's shaping up. Um, so a couple of uh, interesting signings that are coming in as well. What's your sort of take on, on the forward line seems to have been strengthened a fair bit going in, all with younger players, it should be said, but are you are you kind of anticipating a, a decent season and, uh, again, a, a new change of direction under Genesio? Um, not too much of a change of direction, I don't think, under Genesio. I think it's very much, I think, going to be uh, another Ren season. You know, there'll be weeks where they'll look superb and then there'll be, you know, stretches where they really sort of, um, flatter to deceive, but so far, you know, the three players that they have brought in, like Barde, you know, performed brilliantly. I thought for Lance last season, he slots straight into that centre back, uh, central defence position. Um, Suleimana, I won't profess that I knew much of him before joining, but speaking to people who saw him, um, uh, in, de- in uh, playing in Denmark, seemed to be very, very you know, high uh, high on praise for him. Um, and the fact that it seems as though we actually managed to beat Ajax to the signing perhaps shows, you know, what there's some there's some belief in, uh, you know, outside of France in terms of the Ren setup and the Ren project come forward. And then left back Berger Merling, um, who joined from Nîmes, I think that's actually pretty canny signing. Mm. Um, you know, he's he just seems to be a... First of all, he seems to be a very likeable guy, um, but also seems to be just solid, works hard, performs well. And that's what we need in in that left-back position. You know, we've got young players, Mawasa, Adrian Truffer, who are great going forward, but we perhaps don't have that one that's solid enough. So I think Merlin coming in gives that. But as you then say, there's there's going to be, I think, a big reliance on academy players coming through. Um, you know, we saw towards the end of last season, uh, Leslie Hugo Chukwu coming into midfield, but pre-season has seen a lot of game time for um, Loom Chuana, who's a, a wide player um, playing across the front front three, really. He can play. Mathis Abline, um, who again, sent forward. Uh, he's, I think he even got on, got on the score sheet in pre-season. But we've got Lorenz Assignon, we've got Wamed Amari, 
um, who are uh, right back and, and uh, centre back respectively. So there's a lot of very young players that are that are coming through, and I think we will start to see this season a greater uptake from that academy into the first team setup. Um, obviously, the one that everyone talks about is Kamavinga. What's going to happen with him? I'm seeing more and more Ren fans of the opinion that he can just go this summer. Um, it seems as though, and it's no coincidence, he's changed agent. Um, you know, it's it's a, a, a huge professional outfit now that he's signed with. Their sole focus, it seems to be, is on money and where can they move him to that will generate that the most. Um, quite clearly, if you're going for what's good for the club, I would argue that staying at Wren would be the best thing for Kamavinga. Uh, especially after last season, I think he needs one, if not even two more seasons with Wren. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen um, because the agents seem to be um, sort of messing Wren around. And the fact that Wren aren't particularly... Um, keen to sort of get involved in all these games that, that have actually been quite um Ren have been quite restrained they've not really been hammering it hard to get um Kamavinga to sign a, a new contract so um there are more people as, as I say especially how poor I thought he was last season I know we're sort of he unfortunately for him set the bar so high um in his very first season that he could only be, I suppose, disappointing compared to that. But, you know, he himself came out and said that I've not had a good season. Mm. So you would hope if the player has the choice, which we all know in this day and age, they don't really. If the player had the choice, I do genuinely think Kamavinga would want to stay mm. and, and sort of repay the club for that poor season. You know, he is a very... Um, he seems to be a very genuine guy. And yes, he's, he's, despite everything that his agents will be telling him, still seems to have, um, you know, a decent head on his shoulders. So, but, you know, we don't want fun and games over contracts. We want clear cut decisions. And I do think the decision is, you know what, you, you go this summer then. You know, uh, but but I also think men are in the position of well, if needs be, we'll you know you will see out the final year of your contract, and they will then lose him for free. And then I, I dare say, you know, it's it's a gamble. You know, if if this coming season he regains that form from two seasons ago, it will look like a gamble that's not doesn't pay off to lose a player of that quality for free. But of course, on the flip side, if we get another season like last season. Was that debut season just a you know a little bit of a fluke? Mm. Um, it's 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 a it's a strange, almost silly to say for someone so young. But there's a little bit of make or break, I think, about Camavinga this this coming season. Mm. I don't think um, that's unfair. I, I, like yeah. you, I I thought that interview was really good. I, I did think he came across really well when he sort of said about his own criticism and um, and I noticed a lot over the summer. His Instagram has been a lot of like working with the community and turning up at you get like kids events and stuff like he's definitely portraying a very good and quite a nice guy attitude which i think is a good thing um but the, fact, the fact that you know he'll put on his instagram i mean i know so many people do this so it's it's not an exception but 
it's just, I think, especially for a young guy, refreshing to see, you know, a weekend, what's he doing? He go, you know, when he's not playing football, he goes and sees his little brother play football. Yeah, exactly. And he's shouting and, and cheering him on from the sidelines. And it's just little things like that. But as I say, shouldn't be strange or it shouldn't be an anomaly. But for someone that's that could so easily have their head turned to a far bigger degree, it, it's things like that that just make me think, you know, the agents, the sort of the big, nasty global conglomerate agents haven't totally um, sort of taken him over yet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very, very well put. So uh, I'm going to issue a, a public apology here to um, a collection of clubs that we're going to batch in together here, because in the interest of time, we are going to just rifle through our what I will call my list of concern. Um, I'm going to stick with the boys here because I know uh, this isn't something that... Um, Phil's wants to sort of come in on on this particular point. So, um, Jez, I'll start with you. Give me, I'll, I'll say, we'll keep this answer to say like two minutes. So, just a brief summary. Who are the clubs you are think I think are most at risk and why in this upcoming season? Because there is a few that they do have the look of um, long season ahead about them. Um, as I said, I think not. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Reims. Um, Zanelli's done his cruise again. Um, Dia's left. And most importantly, Guillaume's left. And so I think it's it's sort of a big transition for them. And, and I'm not convinced that Oscar Garcia is up to it. Or, I, just, I find it a very, very strange appointment. I'm surprised that Reims went for him. And I'm surprised that he fancied it. I just, I've never got the impression that he's particularly got the stomach for a, a relegation battle or even sort of, you know, bottom third of the table, which I think is the best that they can aspire to. Mm. Um, I was worried about Angers, but um, I know they've got some some good talented youngsters. So I'm still slightly concerned, but um, a bit less than I was. I think a lot depends on on. Um, how Batty does as a as a first team coach, which which is a bit of an unknown. And then in terms of the promoted clubs, I think Trois are probably better placed to to survive. Um, yeah. I just think they've got a slightly stronger, more experienced squad. Um, they're obviously a bit of a yo yo club, and so they've got that um, league experience anyway. And I think also they're part of the city group, so presumably oh, yeah. we chucked a couple of bungs if needed. <laughs> a lot of money if it's yeah. needed in January, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple or, of players on loan from cities reserves or something. Yeah. Yeah, or just pay off the the league to to make sure that they don't get any kind of punishment <laughs> or relegation or anything like that. Um, Clermont, I think, will will maybe struggle. I think that. Um, Again, I think that they'll play very good football, but this is very fun. new yeah. to them. I'm not sure they've got a hugely experienced squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's another one where I feel like, to an extent, they, they're going to rely ahead of a lot on on one striker mm-hmm. to score a lot of goals. And we've we've seen before it sort of can go either way with with strikers making that step up. Some just continue that form into league and some really struggle with the with the um, sort of increase in level so I think a lot will, will, will depend on bio and and yeah I worry for them but I think probably 
they'll come into the season thinking, you know, just the fact that we're in, we're in league as a bonus and maybe sort of having that pressure off to an extent will will help them. I think we've seen it with clubs before. Some have stayed up, others have, have sort of really fought to the end. You know, teams like, I don't know, GFC Ajaxio, who, because it's almost like a free hit for them, they just have really good fun, um, get a few surprise results. And even if it ends in relegation, I think they'll, they'll be a good addition to the to the league this year. Yeah, yeah, well said. Anything to add to those clutch of, cl- clutch of, yeah. clutch of clubs, Rich? Put my teeth in. Any that Jez hasn't mentioned or any others that you fear for at all? Um, Don't I mean, yeah, I, w- I would probably chuck Bordeaux in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, for think- reasons that I have previously, <laughs> if they don't already, just collapse. But <laughs> for reason, but I, I am looking forward to seeing Clairvon in the top flight. I think they, they will approach it with that freshness it's brand new and they have the potential i think to you know jez alluded to to cause some upsets um I, and i see similarities with uh when amion came up mm. you know i could i could see i could see them staying up the first season but you know and stay up actually reasonably comfortably but then you know the next couple of seasons it sort of never really kicks on from there uh, but more than anything, I'm excited to see Cedric Utonji back in. Back <laughs> yes, in I saw your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's been a, a slightly strange and a slightly long uh, journey that he has been on, but it's uh, it's been so pleasing to see him back and playing fantastically well um, for for Claremont, and then to see him back now in in Liga. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Claremont just for the fact that it's. It's something new, something fresh, lighting yeah. things up a little bit. And I think as um, we have, we seem to have sort of alluded to, I think, on the two promoted teams, we've got Trois, who are very much the uh, yo-yo equivalent. You know, they are the French equivalent of West Brom, um, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down. And I think for the, the sort of gung-ho, everybody's going to be rooting for them, you know, sort of everybody's, Second, second team, if you like. I'm seeing similarities with uh, between Claremont and Blackpool, and I'm fairly certain no one's ever said that sentence before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, never will again. Just, uh, just to uh, uh, pick up on that, uh, John Mainland will be. We will have a piece up on the website about Claremont from John uh, yeah. shortly. So uh, that will be interesting for people who haven't heard of them before. Yes, and I suspect there may be a few of those. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Also to add, just to add, I'm also a little bit worried about Brest, who I think have got some really quality players, but they really fell off the cliff last year. Didn't they? And just? now they've got Michel De Zaccaria in his coach. <laughs> mm. um, they will not... I think it will be a culture shock for fans going from watching a Dalolio team to a Zakarian team. Structure all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did think the same, and and I'm going to try not to worry about Lorion, even though I'm secretly crapping it. Um, the the retention of Terra Moffi for me is is key, but I don't know if their resolve will still be tested. I know he's come out and said he wants to stay, and the club have said they want to keep him. Again, I do fear that inevitable Newcastle. Twenty-eight million pound bid on deadline day, with Mike Ashley finding some money down the back of the sofa. I worry about that coming in, but um, yeah, I feel like Lauren have got enough, but they need to start better than they any did last t- any team with a Kappa kit. 
deserves to start with Absolutely. a level point advantage. Anyway. I, I will mention kits uh, before we finish today, and that'll be very brief, but I will mention that. Um, okay, so uh, that, I feel, is, is a good enough preview as anything. Um, we're sort of pushed for time here, but I did want to get a brief mention of the Olympics in with you, Phil, because I know it's something you wanted to have a, a little mini rant about. So uh, over to you. It was not a stellar performance for France Ooh. in the Tokyo Olympics, to be fair to say. Ooh. Oh, my fucking word. OK, <laughs> so uh, they started with a 4-1 defeat to Mexico. Now, I know that there's been a lot of talk about, you know, but the clubs won't release the players, etc, etc. But seriously. Um, now, one thing I noticed about that Mexican team when I watched this match and watched France being kicked all over the shop was I went to the final day of the Toulon tournament in 2018. I, I go every year, apart from when, you know, waves hands around COVID. And the Mexican team I saw in the final of 2018, Toulon, there were five or six of them were in, were in the team. And uh, Diego Lenes was the player of the tournament. So it does help if you've met before. It does help to have been playing together. But it shouldn't be that big a gap. If Ripple has these very talented young players and can't do anything with them, then that is a problem. Every time you looked at the sideline, Ripoll just looked startled. That is not a good look for a manager. And I know that um, his record with the under-21s, as Jez will possibly come in and round about as well, has been terrible. And their second game, was a 4-3 win against South Africa, who, which to be fair, was absolute luck and an absolute robbery. I love Teji Savanier, and he got the winning goal in injury time, but it really wasn't deserved over the, uh, the run of play. And their fourth game, was a 4-0 loss to Japan, which was an absolute hiding, which your Kolomani sent off also. It, they were just really, really bad. The defence was bad. All of the goals were scored by the senior players. Remember, in the Olympics for the men, it's an under-23 side, and you can have three senior players. The senior players for France were um, Gignac and Tovin, because they both play for Tigres in Mexico, who don't care, and Savanier, who uh, you know, was getting his fur cap. But 
the idea is that the senior players are supposed to support the youngsters and nothing worked. Nothing worked. And it was really, really awkward to watch. And I think Mexico and Japan are in the bronze medal match because they're actually both decent teams. Uh, and it was just really underwhelming and disappointing to watch. I think Jeremy may agree with me on this and, and chip in, but it was not good. And mm. how Ripple has still got a job in the FFF is bewildering to me. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like a weird... I, I was kind of excited to, to watch the games and I mean, life got kind of got in the way. I will will confess, but the more I saw the reports and translating the the French write ups, it didn't sound good. Um, and like like you were saying, Phil, I know Jez had a few words on it as well. So I think it's fair to say it was not a fun experience for all concerned. Um, which kind of sums up the French national team, you know, in terms of the Euros as well. It hasn't been a great summer. I so, think it was a real shame because there was such an opportunity to. It's the first time they've been in the Olympics since '96, so it's a real shame that the the club sort of ruined a lot of players' chances of of having that experience. Mm. Um, but and there was there was a hell of a lot of inexperience in the team. I mean, people who barely, if at all, played any professional matches, and I think you particularly saw that with the defence. But all that said, they should have given a better account of themselves. And yes, they they did lose to two of the semi-finalists, both of mm. whom extremely narrowly lost out. So it, there's no shame in that, but the performances just weren't particularly good enough. And um, I think Ripoll definitely should take the blame, but I think certain players should also look at themselves. You know, Gignac mm. can hold his head high. And like I said, I think Colomuani can as well, but there was a certain World Cup winner in that squad who didn't look anything like it at in any of those matches and, and you know, it's no surprise that no big clubs have come in for him at all in the last couple of summers because he's yeah we've spoken about him before I don't think any of us are huge fans of his but his performances were nowhere near good enough yeah and I think um uh Bernardoni was in goal and you could see to us, uh, I know we joke that he looks like he's 35. He jokes about it. 21, but <laughs> um, particularly in the uh, match against Japan, um, he parried a, uh, the first two goals that Japan scored. He parried a shot, but unfortunately back into a dangerous area. And then there was a goal. You could see he was just looking at the defence in front of him going, fuck's sake, what are you doing? Because he was actually played, despite the fact that France conceded 11 goals over three games, I thought he wasn't bad. But he was had no help at all. And as Jess said, I think the defence was just... Mess. Shocking, <laughs> really yeah. shocking. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, be inclined to agree. Not a stellar summer for uh, for all things French in terms of the national side, but uh, luckily 
we can now move back into the uh, into the the league on action and uh, league two, of course, oh, is, is already underway as well. Because we've already had the start of the season, the Trophy de Champion. Well, yes, as we slightly alluded to earlier on, yeah. Um, I think Just out it's... of interest, why the hell would, did that take place in Tel Aviv? It's the it... it's the what? periodic rotation of countries they go to, isn't it? It's designed well, to. No, but normally the... they're French speaking countries, which I'm not sure Israel counts. I wonder if it had anything to do with the restrictions or travel, maybe? Or was it a certain uh, possibly, whatever. Lille won, whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah, Lille won. Wasn't it in China one year? I think it, it was. was in China the last yes. couple of years, I think. Was mm. it? I, I remember there was one that was particularly sweaty. I just remember it being like... It was the one Ren were in. Ah, OK. Yeah. Yes, it was. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. Um, well... Yes, technically the season is underway, and as I say, League 2 is also underway. So, uh, before we do wrap up this sort of bumper preview show, a very quick rundown of the fixtures. As we say, this weekend, the league is back. So get your subscriptions paid for and your BT Sport earmuffs at the ready, because nobody wants to sit through Jonathan Pierce. let's be honest. Uh, by the way, Jez, Clive used to play for Bordeaux. don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh, Monaco Nantes gets us underway, where I'm sure Messrs Pierce and Alan will be in the country box, sadly. That's Friday, the 6th of August. Leon. Uh, I, I think Adam Virgo's got all Friday matches, by the way. Oh, OK. Well, that's all right. You can, you can tune in to that when you can take your earmuffs off then you're all right with that one adam's a good chap uh leon versus breast is the four o'clock game on saturday new look leon against potentially new look breast uh the uh, former or dethroned champions psg uh, nice easy home tie for toi to open up their league on season uh, psg are in town at 8 8 p.m on saturday that i think is also on espn uh not espn bt sport in the uk the uh ren revolution for rich gets underway at 12pm on Sunday as they host Lons, who, sorry to anyone listening in whose Lons family didn't really mention you at all. You had a fantastic um, season last year, but yeah, uh, Jez did not pay me to not mention them, I promise. Bordeaux uh, host newly promoted Clermont at 2pm. Uh, that's a series of 2pm games, of course, on the Sunday. Nice, Rams is another. St Etienne against uh, favourites for Ligue 1 this season, Lorient. Uh, Strasbourg against Auger, um, of course the Kevin Gamero return home match that could be fun and then uh, Lille open up their defence of the title as they play home, uh, sorry, play away to uh, Jez's Mets who will give them no doubt a stern looking over for the first game of the season at four o'clock on Sunday and then this will surprise many of you Marseille playing on Sunday evening as they play Phil's Montpellier Probably will be a watchable game, in fairness, but I'm not sure I would have Well, you, you say that, I think that is the designated Jonathan Pierce Clive Allen game. Yeah, so that's that's the one where we do put the, the, the headphones on. And, and that's why out. I'm so happy I don't have UK TV. You should be. Trust me on that one. Uh, unless you're a fan of the English Premier League, where you can sit through a French game and just basically listen to two commentators wang on about the Premier League. So that's great. Anyway, less said the better. We're not sponsored by BT Sports, so we can say these things. Jonathan uh, Pierce genuinely spent five minutes of the first ten minutes of you the, noticed this as well. Yeah. De Champion <laughs> talking about a dead Leeds player from the 1970s. He, did, he really did, didn't he? Yeah, I picked up on that as well. Oh, God. And, you know, may he rest in peace, but probably not the time to be bringing it up, you know? 
Anyway, never mind. Um, final two things to say very quickly as we wrap up. Um, Liga this season has smashed out of the park for kits. If you haven't, just do a quick Google search. There's a couple of absolute bangers this year. Uh, notably, um, Metz's, is that their white kit, Jess? Or is it, no, the black one, I think I liked, wasn't it? Yeah, the black one. Yeah. Sure. Um, the uh, Leon away kit is a thing of beauty. Uh, all of Nice's four strips are sensational. I quite like Ren's new home one. Oh. Um, PSG's away kit. I mean, there's that was a noise that suggested I've missed one there, Phil. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> there's there's a couple of really nice kits this year. Even Strasbourg's, I think their away kit's quite tasty. So I um, think with their with their typical lack of taste, Lance's kit has got stripes and a sash. I kind I kind of liked their new home kit. I'm not going to lie. Some might hide under a under a wall. Um, Lorient's away kit is also a, a thing of beauty. Not quite the same as the black and blue one last year, but yeah, there's a couple of crackers. And Saint Etienne's black third strip that's also a bit tasty. Um, so yeah, even Marseille's is quite nice this year. So there you go, kit walls. Um, and the final thing, just a bit of self-plugging because I'm the host and I can do these things. Um, I have put out my kind of now becoming an annual string of tweets about players that i kind of fancy having a look at uh jez alluded to it earlier on um if you're a fan of kind of watching after all the league of talents that's what it's called uh if if you want to get my personal opinion this is purely my views i might be massively wrong but uh, on my twitter timeline i think I retweeted it on the pod account as well there's a list of 12 young players uh, or 23 and under anyway in liga this season that i'll be keeping a close eye on uh, as well as a few notable exceptions in the final tweet as well. So if that's your bag and you just want to kind of laugh at how ridiculously wrong I am at the end of the season, uh, go and have a little look and uh, yeah, follow along. And I'm sure, I'm sure Jez and Rich in particular will be um, sharing their views on the upcoming season in the coming days. So keep an eye on their timelines as well. And in the upcoming season, it will be all three of us. That's the plan anyway. Obviously, life, uh, life assuming it all goes swimmingly. Um, and I think the plan is to record on a Monday after the weekend's action again, where possible. So uh, lots of football ahead for us to get excited about. Uh, Phil, thank you very much for being part of the pre-season show. Much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, Jazz, welcome back. Uh, not in Brighton, in London. We'll remember that, promise. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and uh, Rich, very welcome back to you. Good to have you back in the team. And uh, yeah, I will look forward to many stories of which Ren player you're going to stalk this season. <laughs> Good to have you back, mate. Right. Uh, thank you very much for, to all of us, all of you and all of us, because we've got our time in after all. But thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it, as always. Uh, we want to get some more interaction going this season. So tweet us any questions or queries or poses you may have. Uh, and we will be back after round one of Liga. I think it's safe to say it's fantastic to have the football back and, of course, the fans. Until next time, thank you very much for tuning in and enjoy your first week of French football.